We're just after authenticity and it's okay to heal your inner manipulator and thinking that your whole life's been a fake because you thought it was real. Okay, you were fake, but you did the best fake you knew because you didn't know. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, a podcast where you get to listen in on some of my most interesting and personal conversations. I'm Sarah Samuel, and today we're talking about abdication of power. A few weeks ago, I went to see my chiropractor, Dr. Jeff Patak, and he started talking to me about an experience he had had in which his whole perception changed. I want to let him tell the story, so I won't prep you too much. But just to give you a little context, both Dr. Patak and I studied spiritual psychology at the University of Santa Monica where the basic tenets are that we're souls having a human experience and also that our outer experience is a reflection of our inner reality, meaning that everything we experience we can use for our learning and understanding and that as we change our inner experience, our judgments, beliefs, etc., we'll actually see a change in our outer experience of the world. At some point in the conversation, he mentions trios, which are the groups of three we got into during class when we practice and process the tools we were learning. The way... The way they worked was one person would be the facilitator, one person would be the client talking about real things in their lives, and the third person would be a neutral observer. I think the rest of the conversation should be pretty self-explanatory. It's very spiritual and philosophical, but it's easy enough to follow, I think. It's just like me and you talking? Yeah. Got it. Okay, what do you want to talk about? (laughs) I don't know. It's your podcast show. I know, but what were you talking about when... Okay, so is it on? Yeah. Okay. So... What's been really present for me for... Okay, I'll tell you what's been going on. Okay. So, whole new level of processing for me. Just coming to a deeper understanding of how people move through the world or how I do. or I, I don't exactly know. But I was having a simple conversation with somebody in the afternoon on the phone and we're FaceTiming. And it was so inconspicuous or just like whatever and I don't remember exactly what we were talking about or how we got on it but she said you know Jeff or Jeffrey as I'm trying to embrace the Jeffrey in me okay um part of my new work by the way okay. is right. um but with the what she said was you know you have to also release the good judgments as much oh. as the bad judgments mm-hmm. And however she said it and whatever the universe was doing and however it allowed it to sneak in the side door, Mm -hmm. it's like something, there was such a deep resonance to the good judgment word that I had never quite put together before Mm -hmm. and we're FaceTiming. So she's watching this kind of reorganization happen in me physiologically I'm feeling it she's like you're having a Tetris moment and it really did feel like puzzle pieces were reorganizing and things clicked into place and nothing's been the same for me and that happened on August 20th 820 okay it's like a month ago um, like a month ago 
somewhere between 1.15 in the afternoon to 1.45 p.m. Because I'm here and it's before I see patients and I never talk on the phone with anybody mm-hmm. in personal way before I see people. Because I never want to let that energy in. But That's here, I'm having a... Re- I don't remember why the call, why yeah. I took it. There's like, you know, ultimately here we are as to the why. So now from this whole different place... I jump on a red eye that day, okay. that night, red eye that night with my son to go back to celebrate my mom's 90th birthday. I know how I hold them. I know how the dance around my family goes. I know my son's dance with them and how that goes. And I know the dance of how everybody looks back at us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And really, for the first time, I showed up there differently. I reorganized them. I'm Jeff, Jeff Green, Tetris <laughs> 2.0. And so from that place, I'm different. So I'm seen in, re- I, I mean, I totally get if this change, I get the inner outer thing so much deeper in an ownership kind of way because I watched it happen. So the conversations we're all having is no longer about the weather. They're deep. They're meaningful. They're like, it's not like dad's 96, mom's 90, and they're afraid they're going to die. So they have to tell me something. But it's the quality of how I showed up, Mm -hmm. which rubbed off on my son, who would normally hide in a room feeling like he's worthless or on some level and he's not as good as his cousins would be his story so he'd wind up hiding in the room for three days saying he's sick mm-hmm. what there was no drama there was interactions between all of us that were meaningful and it was just it was just an extraordinary extraordinary experience did your son notice like, did you talk to him about it after or during? I don't know that we ever really talked about it after or during uh, because I'm just trying to just allow things to organically yeah. just go. So I don't want to bring any attention right. to it and possibly whatever. Right. So I, I don't know that I had the thought about that. Yeah. But I just was being fully present in flow, witnessing what's happening, having this experience of feeling... I, I, you know, I'm sitting in my chair and I'm just kind of lifting. It's not like a rooster thing, but it just felt like it felt like my body was uplifted, not mm-hmm. levitating. I'm grounded, yet there's space in me. So, okay, why do you think that that? Why do you think that the sort of realization that you had about positive judgments specifically? Or, I mean, do you think it's specifically related? To, like, yeah, I think family? it was specifically related to that. And I think I've, since 2009, I have heard the good judgment, bad judgment, <laughs> like drop all protection. judgments, yeah. or just drop all of it. They're yeah. both charged. But, you know, I when I tell this piece of what happened for me... Mm-hmm to others that I know speak the same language, I hear the surprise in them as well. So it's interesting that I think people go to things in order to quote unquote heal on some level of consciousness or whatever. And it's, there's some sort of draw attachment to whatever the word is, I don't know. But I'm, of course I'm heading, I'm focusing on the bad stuff. 
So I think there might just be a tendency. I hear the good. I hear the bad. I get intellectually. I get whatever. I get whatever. But on some level, I think that programs that I participated in are so close, are close, are so close to releasing that, so you could become whole and authentic. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily know that I've ever been to, but I'm going to create one which would be a workshop around people only bringing their good judgments with them as a way to as a way to come in that way so people don't have to be afraid i I don't want to re-experience that i'm like okay i get it so let's see if there's a way since since for me it came in in a completely unexpected way if i was a if it was sobriety i would say i did not have a educational variety awakening or reawakening i really did have that quote unquote what i can only assume as a spiritual awakening that i'm choosing to name jeffrey tetris 2.0 because <laughs> i because i need an i need a i need a signpost or something yeah. that declares there's a pre and a post because that was a subtly humongous yeah. way which shows me so much was there a specific oh i have a lot of like questions okay. so was there a specific positive judgment that you specifically saw like oh that is a judgment that's not like a real like i've been seeing that through a filter no i think there might have been the concept I, I don't really i think it was just the concept that got in yeah. and i think that probably what Amy heard was whatever charge I might have had around a negative thing. I don't know if it was because she said something I didn't like or mm-hmm. or we were just talking globally. But the and she and she reminded me, but, but you know, Jeffrey, maybe, I don't remember. But you know, Jeffrey, we'll let that be my story. <laughs> that you have to release the good judgments too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, boing. Yeah. I, I, you know, no thought. Just all of a sudden, it just, it was just like, like I don't even know. Interesting. Yeah. So. That's a really, I. So that's, so now. It's I've, a really interesting idea to do a workshop all based on. Good stuff. Good stuff. Like oh my retreat. God, how much better would that be? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it would be so much better because part of the reason that I really steer away from like processing and stuff is because I felt like I was digging up a bunch of stuff that wasn't coming up organically. I was right. digging it up for the purpose of doing processes. Right. And it sent me into like a bad, bad like place for yeah. like years. I, you it know what? a long time to come out of it. I totally get it because, you know, things, materials are unconscious for a reason. So I get it. And it <laughs> yeah. needs to come out when it's ready. Yeah. So I totally get it. Like now, so, yeah. All right, but go ahead. But you see, I like the statement you just made. So do you remember what you just no. said about the processing thing and um, I don't want to do it because... Yeah, because it it's like dredging up stuff that's... But yeah. who ultimately, who were you doing it for? I think it was the just, processing thing like I'm gonna go like I'm gonna go do this I don't really remember what you yeah. said but but my first hit was as you were speaking is so who were you doing it for yeah I mean it's like really I mean that whole period of my life is like really interesting so I like had just gone through a big like spiritual awakening which I had was mostly due to psychedelics and I was like in New York and I was like reading Alan Watts and my friends and okay. I were like talking about it and it was like a very 
like a very positive experience. Okay. And I felt like I was like my mind was like completely opening and I was like, oh wow, I like experienced the world completely different. Like right. now the whole my whole perception is like entirely different. Um so for psychedelics, just for my own clarification, mm-hmm. so Mushrooms. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that, oh, what do you want me to say? Oh, no, yeah, I just yeah. want to know what uh, what the plant was. Okay, got so, it. So, yeah, I mean, and for it, the purpose of. I mean, at the beginning, the purpose was just like, I mean, the first time I did it, literally, my friend just goes, "It was like the Fourth of July," and he was like, "Do you guys want to do mushrooms?" And we we're like. <laughs> Okay. Sure. <laughs> so like, <laughs> yeah, fireworks could be brighter. I totally get it. But wait, I got a whole lot more than I bargained for. My inner fireworks took off. I didn't even need to see those. <laughs> so I wasn't. I wasn't doing it. You know, I wasn't. Do- I. I guess it was just experimental and cu- yeah. curiosity. Yes. Um. But then my experience was so profound because I was like, oh, like during that was the first time where I was like, oh. I know what it feels like to be present. Oh, I know that my entire perception is different when I'm doing this, which means that my entire perception when I'm, like, sober isn't reality. Like, it is just a perception. Mm-hmm. And this one actually felt more real in many ways. And so because that kind of, like, what do you think me. ultimately that yeah. you sh- shedded during that mm. those moments? What do I you think? I think it's, like, judgment. Like, I think it's po- both positive and negative judgment. Like, I... I feel like I was seeing things as they were mm-hmm. without my like preconceived ideas of the way that things should be and my expectations for them. So I was like literally just present, which means no positive judgments, no negative judgments. And no like, resistance to there. any of it. Right. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> which I can understand why people use plant medicine in order to right. create whatever we're going to use the word for lack of a better word, therapy. So mm-hmm. to, be able to remove whatever might be blocking them on yeah. whatever level, physically or totally. consciously, to be able to I think able it's to really good to, like, in. open that up. Yeah. I mean, I think people can use it the same way that they use any, like, guru yeah, or yeah. spiritual thing and kind of get give away their power away to it too yeah. much. Like, it's I, a tool and it's not yes. more than that. Right. But, but you see, and that's a big thing because yeah. ultimately you're – See, so that's you know, so I love that you're saying this because that segues me into what I'm talking yes. about, but but giving our power away to any yeah. of it at all. Mm-hmm. So what's come up for me and what I've been looking at and wondering and pondering and whoever's listening to this, I'd love to get I'd love to hear your feedback. <laughs> but the word for me, so as I'm sitting on a beach with some friends and we're mm-hmm. just talking because now that's all we're doing and i don't know if it's processing but we're just having conversations so this is after so this is after so this is last weekend okay when i shared with you when you were in my office and whatever so it's a a week ago today yeah okay i'm sitting in laguna beach on the beach it's Mm -hmm. three in the morning i'm talking to a specialist in trauma therapy my other friend is a medicine woman so she brings medicine to people in that way and works with them with what comes up and then there's me and so after this experience the there were certain things that I was sharing where the trauma therapist said you were self-abandoning why would you do that Mm. and so the word that came up for me because I just couldn't relate to that it felt something different and I'm not exactly sure yet what why but more will be revealed but it was um when you give up the throne Mm -hmm. 
Why is the word eluding me at the moment? Oh, um... With an A. Oh, my goodness. Ab... That's the word, abdicate. Abdicate. So abdicate. Because it's only in my yes. head because you said it. Yeah, okay, okay, got it. Yeah, so the, for some reason now with this machine sitting here, I was like, gone. But I'm okay with that, see? So I'm not judging myself. So Tetris 2.0, Jeffrey. Uh, so, but abdicate came up for yeah. me. Where I still on some level felt some ownership of power Mm. Yet I gave it away, which is what I'm thinking the quality of, which is where I think the quality of I could be king and I abdicate the throne to my whatever. In my case, it would be to my mom or whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> but so you're saying like somewhere along the line as a kid or whatever, like yeah, in your I, life. As opposed to I, I self-abandoned completely. Right which is what it would kind of feel like to me, I abdicated. Mm -hmm. And I started looking at all my relationships, mm -hmm. self, women, family, friends, strangers, patients, whatever. So where do I abdicate? Mm -hmm. And it was just an interesting thing to notice and watch mm -hmm. how... Self-abdication or abdication just seemed very prevalent throughout my life. Wait, can you talk more about the difference between you're saying like self-abandonment? Okay, and so abdication? I like why is that so for me? I, why is it? Why are they different? Or like yeah, like I feel like you're very specific about using. Yeah, I think that we yeah because that's what really resonates for me. I don't know what Webster says about yeah. both of them. Okay, I looked them up then, but I you know it's whatever. I might as well just. It only is important what matters to me. Mm -hmm. So self-abandoning to me really means like I've, you know, it's like I have abandoned my kid and I don't know where they are. And there's there's a hollowness and an emptiness. And a, it's like there's really no me present at all. Mm -hmm. And I would I would tend to think that somebody with that kind of place would turn out in a would have a much harder time navigating the planet mm -hmm. than I do right now. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, but I'm thinking that that's like um it's like very extreme. I would think, you know, I'm not, the first thing that came up that would turn into a schizophrenic. I mean, I don't so I don't know, I don't want to label anything, yeah. but I'm just trying to give listeners and me and you just like at least somewhere to play. Yeah. But I really think if I've totally abandoned myself, um I'm like I can't I'm not even healthy enough to create a defense mechanism that I might come up with a fake right. me right, and right. then and do it the dance would just be different. Okay. It's like I don't know. Okay. But for me yeah. that's how I kind of hold it. Because okay. here I am um I'm abdicating my power it's make but it's but it keeps me engaged in the world and I'm doing stuff mm -hmm. so what do I so I've self abdicated myself I have no value what okay. I do doesn't really so mean like, anything you come sit on the throne I'll be a peasant and yeah. engage as or a or I'll feel yeah or yeah like something like that yeah. so I'll so I'll have to create I'll have to work so hard the to kind of create <laughs> Or just that I'm gonna work so hard and whatever you ask for, I'm okay. gonna to give to you. Okay. So if you're the if you're the queen right. and I'm the king and I wanna be with the queen, but the queen's gonna tell me to do all this stuff yeah. and I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna do a whole lot more. 
Because okay. even though I'm running a story of I'm not good enough and I'll never be enough, so it really won't even matter. Yeah. But abdicate. But I think self abandonment. I would believe that, and I would just forget it. Right. And okay. I'd go run away. But this would keep me engaged, and I'll keep going, and I'll keep going. Okay. So I'll buy you twelve flowers. I'll buy you fifty flowers. I'll buy you a thousand flowers. I'll buy you the flower store. Okay. You know, I'll buy you the beach. Okay. So you're just making. Basically, other people's desires and ahead of my own, okay. but I create a story that it's also for me because right. there's a win-win component. Right. So, as an example, like uh, I'll hear a story like you're never going to amount to anything. Mm-hmm. We've maybe we've all heard that. I don't know. We haven't, but it's something I heard. You'll never amount to anything. Mm-hmm. So, self-abdication. Okay, I'll go be a drug addict first. As opposed to I'll go through these hoops while I'm doing my drugs. Right. Okay. So so abdication might be that. I might make myself comfortable while I'm working with it so I can kind of live with myself as I kind of on some level know I'm giving it away. Interesting. Okay. So I'm gonna go so I'm not gonna be the medical doctor my mom decided she wanted when she was conceived by her mom. Hmm. But I will go ahead and kind of take some ownership. And I'll realize that my journey w- had a mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical component. Medicine, in my judgment, is only physical. So I go do a research thing, and I'll go become a neuropsychologist, and I'll f- figure it out. Because I have an idea. If I've self-abandoned, I wouldn't have a clue. Okay. So, is that what you did? So that's okay. what I did. Oh, so okay. I, I moved into this. And maybe mommy will be proud of me. Right. Look what I found. Look what I found. Oh, my God, I discovered this. So did Jeff just take full ownership of it in and of himself? Or did he get so overly excited? Or we won't even do the overly thing. But I got excited. And instead of just being excited for me, with me, tendency would have been if there was such a thing as a cell phone when I discovered that in 1970, whatever. More than likely, I would have found some way to share it with important people in me to get their approval and validation in. And it, or loving or whatever. Okay. Look yeah. at me, be proud of me, because look right. what I'm going to do. As opposed to being afraid if I'm self-abandoned, that they'd be pissed off that I was going for a PhD in neuropsych instead of going to med school anyway. Mm-hmm. Like my ego would have been so much weaker, I think, in self-abandonment. That I couldn't have mm-hmm. even handled one level up of that. Mm-hmm. So I've been looking at every conceivable anything. Wow. And the big question is, can you ever really ever do anything purely 100% for self? Mm-hmm. Now, I'd like to think that it's possible mm-hmm. and you would use any situation as a way to process through it, you know, like, so until I, until it's brought to my awareness, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I'm acting through this fraud that I am right. because I don't know that I'm abandoning or right. abdicating. So everything, that's my real truth. So I'm 100% honest in my abdication mm-hmm. until somebody tells me that you're doing it. Right. I don't notice that I'm dating somebody who doesn't understand why she's not attracted to me. Mm-hmm. But 
in her world is having the experience of a guy who's abdicating. Like, I, I really do, I like it, I like it, I want this, I want this, but all of a sudden she's like, hmm, this, maybe this guy's needy. Okay. She might say needy, I might okay. hear needy, I'm not needy, but that, the word for that could be, he's abdicating to me. So I think at right. men that are needy are weak and that's unattractive. So even though I would, and, and then I may tell him you're ugly. It's not that you're ugly, but maybe you are, but, maybe, but I'm going to say it's not that he's ugly, but that if I break it down, I see him really as weak mm-hmm. because he's because I'm testing him on some spiritual level to see if he's going to stop like mm-hmm. giving me what I want because I'm the master manipulator. Mm-hmm. And I don't, but she doesn't know that either. You girls or this one in particular, whatever, <laughs> that we're oh. arbitrarily yeah. speaking at. We're, sorry. But you, but that's the dance until you know, you know. Right. So I guess I'm going to use, so I can heal the fake once it becomes presented to me that, oh yeah, wow, I was a self-abdicator. Oh my goodness. Now that I realize that I can let go of my judgment of I'm a faker, I'm a phony, mm-hmm. or I'm weak, or whatever, because now I know I'm doing it. Yeah. I get I'm doing it because I want something from you. Right. I want you to think I'm this the way I wanted my mom to think I'm that. So I get the whole lineage thing. Okay, so do you feel like the releasing of positive judgments mm-hmm. to was like a key component because of the ways that you've tried to... To beat my head the against the wall that way. Yeah. Other people want you to be, basically. Uh, okay, ask me that again because I was talking. <laughs> <laughs> I should listen. Um, the way that... I don't want to give my... I don't want to give my power away to you, so I got to talk. No, just get... Um, the, the positive judgments... Yes. Was that, like, such a key component because of you trying to be like quote-unquote good or whatever like the way that you felt people would want you to be or the way that you were perceiving like oh that's good that's good that's good like you were still attached to those ways of being and trying to be that way oh that's interesting I I mean I haven't thought about any of this up until this moment so I've really never analyzed anything and to me it just feels like some it's just like whoa where did that come from maybe you don't need to understand yeah I I don't think I ever can I don't know whether I want to but I think how I see the the possibility that it brings is like we shared maybe a little bit earlier it'd be nice to be able to have a focus on that because I really think not because of me and everybody else is like me but I have a feeling that this is not going to be an uncommon experience for people that they intellectually get that good judgments have charge Mm -hmm. And negative judgments have charge, and they could both be one to one. But I think somewhere along the line, a good judgment isn't held in the mm-hmm. same way. Like I don't know any self forgiveness right. around. I forgive myself for judging myself as extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's like an yeah. That I think that's really interesting. Like I think it would be a lot. Actually, maybe it would be equally as painful. Like, I, I don't know. I don't cause, know, because I guess maybe that would be a, a different way into the other stuff. Yeah. So I don't know, but this is a week old. 
Right. So it's not even seven days. Well, At 3 a.m., it'll be seven days old. <laughs> as, as we were talking, like, I had um, a conversation with a friend today who was kind of talking about a relationship she just got out of where she was really into this guy and she had all these, like, really positive, like, you know, he had, like, a very high, like, status and, like, his work and then, like, kind of his community and he was very, um, like, very intelligent and ambitious and... Like, had all of these qualities that she always has, like, wanted to be with someone like that. And also that she's, like, wanted to be, um, to have herself. Okay. And the whole thing kind of, like, fell apart because she sort of realized, like, oh, he doesn't really, like, care about me. Like, she just started realizing all these things that, that she had previously kind of, I don't know, like, swept under the rug or just made excuses for or whatever because she, like, loved all these, like, great qualities. And I think... That I, I'm wondering, like, is that this a similar thing of being like, oh, these like positive judgments that I have of this person where I'm like sort of putting them on this pedestal is like causing me like pain ultimately. Yeah, and ultimately. It's also not seeing things the way that, that they truly are. It's seeing things through like a specific filter yeah. of deciding like, oh, ambition is good or high status in society is good or better than not. Like it's still putting judgment. But I think she was, I think ultimately for her in this scenario, Mm -hmm. my hit was, is that she's put, she's abdicating to this guy, her value. Right. Yeah, I guess. And that's kind of what you were saying. She was seduced into this thing. I don't hear what I didn't hear in the whole thing for her feedback, if you choose, is I would ask her what she thinks the qualities of a authentic self would be. Mm, Interesting, yeah. And I don't think the authentic self qualities has any of that stuff in it. So that's ultimately why it's going to fall apart. Well, these are all the things, right, that we can be like seduced. I guess this sort of goes back to. Also, when we were talking about, like, psychedelics or, or plant medicines or um, any type of guru or whatever, like, there's this thing that we can get seduced by rather than just seeing it for what it is and being right. like, oh, this is an amazing tool. Right. Or we get, you know, glamour and right. fame and yeah. fortune, like, whatever, all the classics. Right. How, <laughs> how cool a kid was I in high school when I was the first person to discover LSD and I got to be so freaking hot shit. I'll see, because when I, you know, I, my background was parochial school. What's that? I cut, uh, I went to a yeshiva, so oh, a Hebrew parochial. Catholic well, school, so a religious school. Okay. So I came out of my first eight years was yeshiva. Oh, okay. So there's a, <laughs> there's a certain thing that that looks like, smells yeah. like, tastes like, walks like. But in there, I, whatever divine, whatever I was, I knew yeah. something. So I had that going okay. for me, which was I never didn't want to be me. Yeah. I just didn't want to be there. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> so then I go into high school yeah. with that. Yeah. And so, you know, day one of high school after just two months away from that, you know, there's a little bit of that that rubs off. So you might appear to be that. Right. Moving into something right, else. Right, right, right. So. Interesting. The LSD experience for me was a really sacred thing. Mm-hmm. Because it was Timothy Leary and Ramda and Barbara and uh, Richard Alpert at the time, then Ramda. So I was there for that. So from that perspective, I had friends, not in my class, which is interesting, one year younger than me, that I connected with. And we did it 
as a ritual for opening consciousness mind. We um, weren't using it to go to a party. You were doing it specifically for that experience. Specifically for that experience based on the readings that we were doing in philosophy okay. at the time. Because, yeah. you know, there's stuff going on in the world and we're in it. Yeah. You know, and I'm not totally self-abandoned. I've just... I've done that. I've given the throne away, whatever that word is again. I need to write it down so I can't forget it. So I'm, I'm relatively still engaged in intellectual pursuits. Yeah. Maybe it's, I'm judging self-abandonment, but I'm not really. I'm just wondering right. what it would look like. I don't know. So if there's anybody who self-abandons and that resonates for you, <laughs> let me know what your SAT scores were. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm just curious is yeah. what the quality difference I guess when is. I, when I think of self-abandonment, I guess, like as you're talking about it, I think people who are heavy into addictive patterns like people who who but also yeah people like in cults like people who just like have given their power away so much I don't know if it's possible to like completely self-abandon I think there's always gonna be the opportunity to like come back or see suicide might be the ultimate <laughs> maybe I'm not yeah. sure. I don't know yeah but I you know, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of stories of, especially, I'm, like, really interested in cults, probably, like, for this exact well, thing of, know, like, well, people giving their uh, power know, away is so interesting I think everything's me. a cult. Yeah. USM's <laughs> like, a cult. Like Judaism's every, a cult. Yeah. Every, any chiropractic's group, a cult. Any, like, all any of group in society. Oh, just pick, the, just pick your favorite. Potential to be culty. Pick your favorite pick cult. Pick your favorite cult. Yeah. Harold and Maude's a cult. You know, I love it. Okay. It's fine. Um... <laughs> Okay, wait. I feel like there was something else. Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk about this idea of, like, doing things for yourself yes. versus doing things for other people. So I feel like there's, like, a few different words that come up. Okay. And Or there's, like, a few different ways that I can look at it as they're talking about it, and I want to get clarity. Okay. So. But I'm getting a hit right now. As yeah. to, I do honestly believe that you really can do something 100% for yourself and not be attached. Because what I realized in the Monday yeah. or Sunday night, I woke up in the middle of the night and Sunday into Monday, not Saturday into Sunday when it all came. And what came, I had this overwhelming desire to Google Marijuana Anonymous, which is how I got sober 12 plus years ago. Okay. But I, but, and I was just, I just woke up, I did it. I didn't judge it. I just did it. I Googled it. Yeah. I, and I had a feeling of like relief or maybe that's not it but it was higher than I just like oh but I was really glad to know they were still around because I didn't know I wasn't going I didn't even know I hadn't gone to meetings it's a thing I hadn't gone to a meeting probably in six years or something or I went I think the last one I went to was for my six-year chip and maybe I went for my 10th and that was it so not much since 2009 and um so that was an interesting phenomenon and all of a sudden I had this incredible desire to go to a meeting that night and as I looked at it I felt really different because I realized I went to get sober because I wanted to try to save my marriage or because my now ex had gotten sober three Mm -hmm. or four months before Mm -hmm. so there was some attachment to it like but it never really felt purely for me and it was interesting that I had the experience of that would have been 100% purely for me. And I stayed in that all day, which meant that I walked into my office at 7 in the morning. I really have no memory of the day at all, other than my team told me it was 5.30 in the afternoon. 
And I've had that experience before, but never kind of quite like that. Mm-hmm. Where it felt like it wasn't totally, there was a way I was servicing me and servicing others versus servicing others purely. Okay. You, yeah. get, you get me? Yeah. I mean, I want to talk about it more, but yeah, that's sort of like my main question is like doing things, there's like doing things solely for yourself. Then there's like selfishness, which maybe just has a judgment on it. And, yeah, I think and it has else. a judgment on it for sure. And then, but then there's like self care. You know, like I don't know if self care is like. You see, am I taking? Yeah, am I going to take a shower because I know, whatever, mm-hmm. or am I doing it because the quality of why I want to do it for somebody else is different than you. Being like, I'm going to take a shower so that other people don't smell me. Right. As opposed to, you <laughs> know, I, I because I, that's who I, I because to. that's who I am. Mm-hmm. That's just what I do. And that's who I am versus I'm doing it. Oh shit. They're coming over. I got to get in the shower. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, I don't know. We, I just think it would be, I just think that the whole thing would just look and be set up differently. And there'd be a, there'd be an, a knowing. And my knowing was I, I kind of, it's like, it might, it, it's like, it's not like me being a rooster, but it's like, I just felt like my chest was open. Yeah. It was up. Yeah. I could see somebody thinking if they were an alien and didn't understand and somebody showed them a picture of what a rooster looked like. They might say (laughs) that looks like a rooster, but. The so you're not being like you're not saying you're not being like cocky or arrogant or no, whatever. No. You're just there's being no charge here at all. It's just like, no charge. Yeah. And I, it's one hundred percent neutrality and experiencing. But what, like empowered. Yeah, I get. I or just I don't know what it is. Meaning like but without no, without I, the lack of like without <laughs> without any judgment on it. This is good or this is bad yeah. or this is better or this is worse. It was just an interesting experience. I mean, in some ways, that makes me just think of, like, you know, the word empowered. I feel like in some ways does have a bit of a, a positive charge on it, but maybe only in relation to the abdication but, of power. And maybe, like, empowered is really just, like, a neutral, natural state. How about just my authentic self just finally just showed up? Right. And I'm just sitting in the loving and peace right. and joy but in and which, compassion and maybe the, I don't know if they're but from which place you have all the power in the world because you can make choices and decisions in a way that's like free and yeah it's not a fraud I'm, I'm coming from loving yeah I don't have any I'm not I don't I'm not dragging a cadaver along and mm-hmm. I'm making a decision you also have full responsibility over yourself you're not right like you're not playing any yeah. type of victim. You're not advocating your yes. power. So it's like you're total, completely free. Completely and totally 100%. Yes. Which is I like, can choose. I think how I would say. Oh, okay. How that's I would say what empowered means. But I, I feel like when people normally talk about empowerment, it feels like it's this flip side to like disempowerment. Like you're like motivated, not inspired. It doesn't really come from the inside out. It more it comes, comes from, from a the resistance outside to be feeling like a victim. Okay, I, I get it. Okay. I think. No, I, that works. I don't know. That's okay. That's my connotation of it. It, it all works. But I, I think I mean like it's the same. Like without that connotation, it's the same thing. I, I understand completely. So that's <laughs> so then, the thing. So when you plug into yeah. the matrix. You and know. so then service. Okay, let's talk about that. Because you were saying 
So there's a qualitative difference of service, yeah. you know. The service comes naturally from just being a part of the universe. Yeah, there's not. I can't do anything role. else. I'm in. I am in total. Right. Whatever that it would. I'm totally in it as opposed mm-hmm. to. I'm going to do this. I need 100 hours of service to graduate from high school. <laughs> yeah. I watched my son do that one. Yeah. That was just an interesting watch. Right. I've gone to, I've done service, and I've gotten on planes. I've paid my own way, and I've done service in other countries mm-hmm. where I gave my services away. And could I say that that was 100% um, pure and whatever? No, hell no. <laughs> Hell no. It wasn't like you were like, I'm really inspired to do this. It was like, I should do this. I was, I... It wasn't a should. It was something that we just kind of created and inspired. But, you know, there was what I got back from it. And there was also the conversation. And then I wanted to go more. And there was an ego thing. I, I, what did you I, get I back you're... from it? Well, uh, there were a lot of things. So I, I got that there's a limitless possibility and we're only limited by our thoughts and mm-hmm. thinking. So I would have never before I went to Panama known that I could that I could put my hands on 6,000 people in a time period from 9 in the morning to 2 in the afternoon and create incredible transformations to happen inside of other people. Mm-hmm. And that we could change a country over a matter of two years. Mm -hmm. But we did it. We served, you know, I don't know. We went from 40,000 people trip one to 90 to 220 to 415,000 people in five days. I, Jeff didn't do it for sure. Even Jeffrey didn't do it. (laughs) Even Jeffrey touched it 2.0. But at some point I had a, you know... The, so, the, you know, ha, really getting a hit that it's like. But then where did the ego come in? Well, the, you know, the, the, it, 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 just from of, being like, look what like, great work I'm doing. Or it, or it just, you know, it, it feels good on some level. Or I, I was, I started this thing. I was the first one that went and did okay. it. Yeah. You know, whatever little just slippy, whatever, whatever little, little slippy thingy. thing yeah, got yeah, in yeah. there. Or, you know, somebody talks about it. Like, I went to Woodstock, like the real one. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, so right there, there's a judgment. You know, it's like, so the first festival, whatever I'm saying. So I was there. And there were only a certain number of people. I seemed to run into way more people who said they were there than were actually there. But that's a sidebar. (laughs) But I was there. And so it's like, so there's something about feeling special that I yeah. was and I right. and I really do believe that I was chosen to yeah so that would be like an example if you were going to go into this like positive judgments workshop of being like I'm special and or yeah exactly to like let that go. and what the quality of that would be it's like you know I could have been anywhere on the planet but isn't it interesting that I was in Bethel New York and I'm 13 years old and I'm right across the street from Yasger's farm and 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 then so that you just, just happened to go. I was at summer camp, <laughs> right across the street from Yasker's farm, and I'd been and I'd been there for a couple of years. So. Yeah. Wow. So it's just interesting that that's where it was. So me and two friends, 
went to the nature shack and we took out some sickles. We cut our way through the woods and we ended up coming out behind the stage. Wow. So it's like, I mean, that's cool. I, it was kind of cool. Yeah. I didn't get caught. That's kind of cool. <laughs> they were worried about counselors. I, you know, that's kind of cool. Yeah. There was a whole lot of stuff I saw. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And on and on and on. Mm-hmm. So. But I, but I, but I, but I got, I get caught in the story, but I can also understand that it's the authenticity of me. It's the humility of me. It's really there somewhere that the universe really understands the truth of who I am, even though I didn't at the time, but it's setting me up to, so it's just been an incredible journey, Mm -hmm. but I get to now look at my life based on what I gave away, how I gave it away, am I still doing it? And it gets me, in, it gives me the opportunity to reclaim. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and sit in the uncomfortability of, of not running to the phone when it rings, not returning a text within whatever specified time I'm hallucinating they would believe would be the right thing to do or that there's even a right thing to do or whatever or I wouldn't do it that way this is what I would do if they said that to me you know what do I know Mm -hmm. I don't know it's just it's just an interesting dance and how much freedom we allow ourselves to do and how much willingness we are to look and for me uh, just a ver- after doing all this work for decades and decades in different genres, just interesting that the key that opened the door for me was good judgment, bad judgment as mm-hmm. a as a sentence. Mm-hmm. It's like whatever we're attached to, I guess. I don't know what the hell it, I I I'll, I don't need to know. I'll never know. I can yeah. only tell you what happened. <laughs> And it was just like, and they were like, well, dude, duh, come on. I was in USM. I heard Ron and Mary say from the stage on weekend one day, one, there's good judgments, there's bad judgments. You have to release the good and the bad. I felt judged that it, that I didn't get it 10 years ago. So I'm like, well, Amy, you can take me off the pedestal, by the way. It's okay. It's all work in process and progress. Mm-hmm. So, you know. It's just so interesting how it just kind of permeates until you know it. You don't know it. Mm -hmm. And if I can tell somebody like I did with her, like with somebody on the phone last night, where they were starting to completely doubt the work that they're doing, Mm -hmm. because now they're like, but wait a minute, maybe I'm a fraud. So what I'm saying to them in a trio is not really true. I'm like, dude, chill. It's like, you know what you know until you don't. Yeah. So how do you heal any unresolved issue is you bring it into awareness. Yeah. Now you're mindful that when you have a conversation in a trio today, which you look and see if, and I asked her, what are the qualities of her authentic self? She couldn't think of them at first. And then she came up with a couple. I said, okay, so just that. So if you're having a conversation with anybody tomorrow, today in a trio, notice if you're sitting in your loving Notice if you have compassion, just use those two. And if not, maybe that's you sitting in your fraud. Right. 
Because what I heard you say to your trio mates in your feedback was, you know what, I'm really sorry. I checked out. I didn't hear anything. I can't give you feedback. And she saw that as completely worthless and she shouldn't be there. I suggested that was really worthwhile because if somebody's working on value in their trio and you just told them they were unseen and unheard, you gave them a great opportunity <laughs> to deal with their value being seen and being heard. So that blew her away alone. She's like, whoa. So I'm like, so, you know, so whatever. So live in your compassion for yourself. Are you loving yourself in the whole thing? Yeah. It doesn't have to look the way you think it needs because perfection's not what we're after. We're just after authenticity, and it's okay to heal your inner manipulator mm -hmm. and thinking that your whole life's been a fake because you thought it was real. Okay, you were fake, but you did the best fake you knew because you didn't know. <laughs> so you didn't have a beautiful childhood. Your childhood actually sucked, yeah. but you needed to say it was beautiful to navigate, and now you're ready to see it as not. Yeah. So if I if somebody can heal all those stories, yeah. then I suppose I can heal my story, which is I don't know if it's possible to be a hundred percent purely in your self yeah. and create something, do something, whatever, purely from that place for one hundred percent you. And I guess through this process I'm getting you can as much as I can do that so I'd have to work my process around that dang I don't know but I'm just yeah. but it's kind of an interesting thing well I think it's like you see like we all can see people who we can like identify as like that person seems very authentic yeah. or that person seems completely fraudulent um, and then there's the subtlety because yeah. you know, I couldn't see it I couldn't see it I couldn't see it I couldn't see it yeah. whoa I couldn't see it holy crap I couldn't see it and then we get surprised that's why we date what do you mean? Well, we go on dates to get to know somebody, um, and I might not see it because I we right both away. got filters, oh, yeah. and now all of a sudden, okay, we've done it. Now what? Okay, let's see. So whatever, or work. Yeah. You know? So that's why I give people three-month trials, and then we can either life? then, no, in my work life, too, in my dating everyone, life, we're dating, whatever, that you know. whatever that <laughs> is, we're doing a trial, but for work, it's three months, because I don't know, I everybody's yeah. beautiful on their interview process, and I maybe see. they give me a phone number of somebody who's going to say they're beautiful, right. and they made them $4.2 billion in their company, and I wish they didn't leave and still work for me, but the truth might be that within 90 days we might see something yeah and if i have to extend it a few days because i'm not quite sure but that means if i have to extend it because i'm not quite sure it means i'm sure anyway i should yeah. let them go so anyway i don't know where that came from but i'm sure it was good <laughs> <laughs> yeah no judgment yeah. but you know well, it's because yeah. it's all good hard to see because like everyone has their own like mask that they're wearing i guess totally. but then we have our perceptive filters yeah well i'm looking through you know i'm always looking through my past in some way yeah. or another it's like amazing that anyone can even like i don't even know if we are but <laughs> that anyone can even be like yeah we're perceiving something similar and like living in the same world like it seems like everyone 
it's like living in such a vastly different world. It's yeah. like impossible. Like I'm like, how do we even coexist? Get, but there, but well, we don't obviously. <laughs> we're you are poisoning the planet. We're po- uh, you know, it's like on and on and on. Yeah. But we don't want to go there because it's not a judgment. We're just poisoning the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why my throat just closed up in my chest, but... <laughs> I spent the entire morning, like, researching regenerative farming. You Regenerating farming? Regenerative what did you farming. Oh, yeah. excellent. I and, love like, that. And, like, composting and okay, stuff. Okay, I love And that. I got really excited, and then I got really anxious. <laughs> <laughs> now I might actually have to do something? <laughs> yeah, I was, like, really excited, and I was, like, kind of getting, oh, yeah, what could I do? What could I do? And then I was, like, oh, my God, I can't do anything. I'm like, not a farmer. Well, I, I have like, a book for you so you can read you that. Do. and see. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Urban, urban, whatever the word term is for that urban farming, farming thing. Yeah, but there's a word for it, yeah. whatever that is. But I'll, I'll show you the book. Okay. All right. Well, so this is great. Thank was you. this great? Yeah. Was that Too great? Any closing comments? Are you uh, asking our listeners? Yeah, of course. <laughs> was it great? Write in. <laughs> and if it was, didn't, no judgment or anything. I just, <laughs> I, you know, I'm hoping it was value. If it triggered you, great. If it didn't, great. If it does, it's all good. It's all. It's just. I. I just love being in a conversation. Yeah. That's just. It's brand new for me. Yeah. And uh, you know what I'm bringing today. I guess is that you never know where it's going to come from. Yeah. So it doesn't. You know. So it might be that if people are sitting in front of their altar and they feel like they have to be on their knees instead of a chair, mm-hmm. and they need to have incense and a bell and a certain kind mm-hmm. of incense, and it needs to face Mecca, and I need to have a live plant or maybe a glass of whatever the story is because somebody, and I need fruit over there and yeah. a picture of Christ on that wall and Yogi Bhajan over there. It's like whatever the story <laughs> is, you ju- it just could happen as simply yeah. as I was just walking down the street one day or I was doing whatever Mm -hmm. and I don't know what why when where who but for me it was somebody said a few simple words (laughs) that I'd heard in the past and and all of a sudden Jeffrey Tetris (laughs) 2.0 was birthed (laughs) and from that place I sit in all of it and you know so it's just I you know I'm just coming from there so I feel the soul line shifted for me in a I was going to say a heavenly direction but at least an upward direction (laughs) (laughs) and not a judgment whatever it's just that I feel grounded and grounded yeah so there you go okay may the source be with you This is one of my favorite types of conversations, one in which one or both people are exploring a new idea or a new inner experience for the first time. We talked about a few things that at the time felt very separate but came together in this beautiful connected web. We talked about the positive polarity of the ego, a topic that isn't focused on nearly as much as the negative polarity, probably because it's a less uncomfortable experience than the negative which often shows itself as negative judgments toward ourselves or others and probably consists of 90% of the reason people are looking toward personal development in the first place. Positive judgments can be more easily overlooked because they're not as unpleasant. We talk about self-abdication, the giving away of our power to others. This is one of the main reasons I wanted to have the conversation now. 
my entire experience with work and the entire concept of success, failure, passion, and purpose are so tied to people's experience of happiness and unhappiness. And work and our relationship to it is such an amazing training ground and reflection of where we're abdicating our power and where we're feeling empowered. I think it's an important conversation to have because we give up our power to others in so many ways for so many reasons. We do it to be liked, to be loved, to be accepted, to not have to take responsibility for our lives and our choices, to stay living small, to avoid risk. And also we just do it because we learned early on that other people's perceptions and opinions are correct. So we just take on whatever they say about us as if it's true. I think this conversation in I think this conversation in some subtle way in varying language has come up in almost every conversation I've had on the podcast because Learning to live authentically is basically the whole game, and abdicating is the very, very tempting obstacle. The other thing I wanted to bring attention to that Dr. Patak brought up is that his moment of clarity, his aha moment, his expansion into enlightenment came in a completely unexpected way at an unexpected time on words that were familiar to him. It's my experience, too, that these enlightening moments come at the most random times. I can't say that all the personal development workshops and classes and books don't do anything. They certainly do. And I think there's something to be said for putting ourselves in spaces and amongst people who are focused in that direction. But I'm not sure that our moments of clarity, our sudden untying of knots in our consciousness, our recognition or release of limiting beliefs comes directly from those self-help activities. But perhaps they do push us in that direction and help us recognize the moments when we have them. Anyway, I loved this conversation. We talked about so much and I hope you loved it too. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave a rating and review wherever you're listening. More good stuff to come next week.